Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. This week, I had the pleasure of talking with MJ Siemens from the ADHD Diversified Podcast. And what a conversation we had. In it, we talk a lot about the imposter syndrome that often accompanies success with ADHD, and why we often don't feel successful despite hitting all those metrics we were supposed to. We also talk about how we can work on reframing our views on success so that we can feel good about all those things that we accomplished. It was a really interesting conversation, and I'm really glad that MJ came on the show. Also, and just as a note here, there is a little bit of swearing in this episode, so if that's something you're worried about, you might want to skip this one. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash successwithmj. All right, keep on listening to find out why success sometimes doesn't always feel like it. When you hear success with ADHD, what's the first thing that comes to mind? How did I get here? the first thing that comes to mind when I know in previous episodes you've talked about imposter syndrome and there are some days where I'm like man I am killing it and I'm doing really good and I'm on the ball and then some days I'm like oh I can't do anything and other days it's like I have this realization that oh I'm doing this and then my brain goes no wait stop it's not that great what you're doing isn't that awesome even though there's like clear evidence from other people that are telling you that you're doing amazing things. And it's like, well, it's not that great. And so there's like seeing success from the outside perspective of how people view what any of us are doing is really hard for me because I I still have the internal narrative. That's like, ah, well, you know, success is for people who have, who have a certain thing that I don't. And yet here I am, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I also get the idea of like, not that people are lying to you that they like, oh, you did something awesome. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I could have done better. It almost feels disingenuous when somebody else says it, but it's like, no, they really mean it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, I did, but I didn't put in like as much effort as I should have. So it, like, it feels weird that you're complimenting me on what I don't consider that good. Which makes me wonder where do those, where does that story come from when we think that way of like we look one way to some people but we look a different way to ourselves right so what do we consider success yeah I mean that's how I came to this was that this was a much harder question than I was expecting it to be I was like I should be able to be like yeah you do this you hit these metrics you're successful no, okay. Uh, shifting goalposts feel great when you're talking about basing your self worth on what you're doing. Oh, yeah, I know. I know that one all too well, especially when it comes time to trying to take a break. It's like, oh, I'm 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 backpedaling on my success because I'm taking a break. And then there's a story in there that's like, well, the less I do and the less productive I am, then the less successful I'm being almost in the moment, I feel like. At least that's sort of how I feel is when I take a, 
like I tried to take an intentional break, which has taken a long time for me to even fathom that that was an idea. That was also for me and not just for other people who had the thing that they could take a break was, yeah, taking a break means doing that is successful for people like me who are like chronic workaholics, I guess. So it's interesting, the different dynamics that come with thinking about what we believe for ourselves is successful. Yeah. Well, and it's that the taking a break thing. It's like you need to take breaks to be successful, but not in the moment, but over the long term. And it's so hard with ADHD to get that bigger picture. Like if I do this little thing here, it's going to be part of the whole tapestry and then it'll be look great when it's all together. Yep. Yep. I can relate to that. So what's for you? How are you viewing what you're doing now versus what you did at the beginning when you first started? And like, how is that contributing to what your maybe ideas of success has, how's that idea maybe changed for you? Cause I'm curious to hear about that. Well, I think part of my issue is I never stopped to go, what would success, what be, would having a successful podcast look like for me? By all metrics, I have a successful podcast. Like I cannot be like, well, it's not that good. It is successful by my numbers. Like I can't deny that. The data there that shows. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way. Because it's like, oh, I could do more. I'm not, you know, a mega podcast, which was also not what I would have defined success either. Because there's only so many of those, you know, gigantic podcasts and they're not, they're mostly celebrity driven, not niche topic driven. Right. So that was never on the menu for what I was expecting or wanted. But then it's something that I'm going to have to sit down and really focus on is figuring out what is that metric of success that will be say, Hey, I did something successful. It's hard for me to look at the number. There's the cognitive dissonance here where I'm like, I look at the numbers, see it go. Yes, that is success. Also where those numbers don't mean anything to me because they're not real. Wonder if we think, because I always had thought about success as achieving a feeling of something versus like what the actual data says. Cause there, there obviously there's, there's metrics, there's communication that come with, you know, seeing what success is like with data that shows. But I think where I have previously gotten caught up and, and maybe this is for you too, is yeah. Like maybe having a feeling of like, Oh, I'm so successful. And yet you can talk to people who we see as successful as like, well, I don't really feel that way, which is it's something that I've been fighting with because I still have this expectation that I'm supposed to feel something when I achieve some kind of success, whether it is my definition of success or whether it is reaching another person's expectation or definition of success. But I don't inherently feel that when it happens or as it's happening. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that idea that it's you're reaching for a feeling. You don't know what the feeling feels like. And you're just like, I'll know it when I get there. Except I don't know it. So must not be there yet. Right. 
I like what you said about the, we'll know it when we get there. But yeah, if we haven't quote unquote felt that feeling before, how are we going to know what that feels like? And I think I was under the belief that it's going to be this huge shift. Like, you know, when you are a kid and then you're growing up and when you're a kid, you want to grow up and you're going to be like, I'm going to have it all figured out. And then you get there and you're like, I have nothing figured out. And you think it's going to change again. And like, maybe I'll have it figured out in another 10 years or five years or whatever. That, that feeling I think doesn't really come because we're still figuring it out. So yeah, yeah, I wonder if it's just like this illusion that we're trying to think that we, or believe that we're going to feel something when we quote unquote get there. Yeah. Well, and there's no finish line. I don't, there's going to be any like ceremony or graduation or anything that be like, you got there. I also think it comes to some of the difficulty we have with celebrating our own wins. Like when I hit a million downloads on the podcast, Congratulations. Thank you. Big milestone. I texted my friend, hey, passed a million downloads. And that consisted of everything I did. So how are you going to celebrate, Will? How are you going to celebrate when 100 episodes? By putting out a cool, now it's probably going to be a series of episodes on success. That's as far as I got. That's fair. I was watching... Parks and Rec a few months back and there was a scene with Leslie Nope doing her thing and she's like had this victory over Councilman Jam and was like okay now let's get to work and so then Anne's like wait aren't you going to celebrate and Leslie's like I just said let's get to work isn't that enough I remember that episode I feel like that's oh ooh. uh-huh are you like that too? Or you're just like, okay, I did it. Let's, let's just, let's go. Yeah. It's like the work is the, the celebration, right? I wonder if we're searching for that feeling because, um, you know, when you, when you graduate from high school, you get prom, you get this whole big celebration. And that's like a big thing that we were working up to. And so maybe a part of like that story is when we reach success or when we've reached that thing that we're looking for that same I don't want to say recognition I feel like that's the wrong word but just like a grand way to celebrate which is why we're like are we really successful are we really doing what we set out to do like we're not celebrating it and celebrating is hard in my opinion well and especially it's like okay what do we do for celebrations and I've done an entire episode about this and it's still something I struggle with you know, but it's like, okay, you could have a party, can have cake, but I don't, I don't know a good definition of what a celebration is. I don't either. And you listen, who's got any bright ideas? Yeah. I, I think I'll need to do follow-up to celebrating your wins list of actual things that are celebrations. Hmm. I feel like that's going to be tough only because I'm like, I don't know the first thing to to think about for that either. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, this is why I was like grappling with this question. Okay. What's success with ADHD? I don't know because I don't have that feeling, but I know it should be there. And so I think some of that is like 
needing to just reframe what I'm looking for. And that feeling like, should it really be there? Yeah. Is it really a feeling or is it, Hey, I hit that goal I was trying to go for, or, I mean, part of the issue with this is that I didn't feel like I was like, it was this big thing I did because it was just one foot after the other, one episode and then another episode. And it was just kind of inevitable that I'd eventually get to a hundred. But that doesn't mean that that's just because something is inevitable. Well, it's not inevitable because I had to put in work every step of the way. It was just a lot of small steps along the way. And so then because they're all small steps, I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't a big deal. Maybe it's like not the thing, not, not like the the actual numbers that make us feel like there's success. It's to, It's being able to maybe part of our success is being able to pass off some of the work or delegate or to allow ourselves to give us a break when we are like having a bit of a hard time with things. Cause I think when we, when we start something, it's always a struggle. And like you said, it's, it's one foot after the other, it's one foot after the other. It's kind of like when you're hiking a mountain and you don't really realize how high you get until you actually reach the top and then go to look down. And it's like, Oh, I got that far. Wow that might be a way of looking at it because you've taken all these little steps. And I remember episode one and then episode two and then episode three. And then now here you are, you're celebrating a hundred episodes yeah. and well, hundred, hundred and some, however, whenever this one comes out, <laughs> it was one step after the other. And there, there wasn't a grand feeling that that came with it, but looking back, you're, it's like, Whoa, how did I get this yeah. many under my belt? But I also think there's this idea that success involves me getting all my shit together, being organized, perfectly organized everywhere in my life. That's success, right? When, you know, I get that to-do list that really, like I'll get the right system and I'll be perfectly able to execute all of the things I want to do. And somehow just not have executive dysfunction anymore because I'll have put together the perfect system. This seems like a bad strategy when I'm saying it out loud, because I don't think that works that way. I think you've said before that there is no perfect system. And we say it on the Q and a that there's like, there's no perfect app. There's no perfect this or that. That's going to like nothing short of a cure. Really? This is like, yeah. And it's like, I, I don't even know what that would look like. So leading up to this many episodes and having ADHD and being consistent, like what would you say is the one thing that contributed to the consistency leading up to the successful podcast that you have now? Just a lot of anxiety. <laughs> is that your fuel? <laughs> yeah. Just keep tossing logs under that. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. <laughs> So how, how did you use your anxiety to drive getting to this point? Because anxiety at any point could, could make you just fall off. Well, there have been several times I have fallen off. Like, I think that's part of why I don't feel successful mm. is because, oh, since June, I've put out like 16 new episodes. Did you miss any? I can't remember. I missed a few. I did a lot. I mean, so... Let's uh, be fair. I got COVID during that time. Did not produce any new episodes for the four weeks that I had that. 
So, I mean, I've been throwing up a lot of repeats and stuff. Nobody has complained about that. And then I missed a couple in December, just like complete, like, I'm kids are home. I can't, I can't even get one of these episodes up, but I mean, and stepping back, I can see the success a lot more because if I went, if I talked to anyone else about their podcast where they hit a hundred episodes, I'd be like, holy shit, that's a lot. Good job. Uh And I'm like, why don't I say that to myself? So success then with ADHD, because you have an ADHD podcast, Mm -hmm. you have ADHD. It's interesting because I do grip with that question too. Like what is success with ADHD? I feel like we don't have the same luxury of not having the rejections and the no's. Because what is it like when you, if you have ADHD diagnosed or not, like when you're a kid, you get like 50% or 80% more no's and rejection mm-hmm. than you do from neurotypical kids and what they get. Yeah. So in order that just sort of creates this like disbelief that we can be successful or that we are or have reached a point of success. I think this really leads to the bigger thing that it's not about reaching a point. It's about reframing where you are because you're not going to cross a finish line to success. There's no success finish line that you could ever cross. Cause that's, there's, you know, the balance of like, okay, I've have all like, you know, when we do the life wheel or whatever, you know, with all the life, different life domains, you can't focus on all of them at once, but you do have to have a balance because you can, it's easy to be like, just going to do the podcast and family doesn't matter, but that wouldn't really be yeah. success either. Mm-hmm. It would be a strong lack of balance. There would definitely have to be a counterbalance applied to that. Yeah. Balance and counterbalance. So yeah, I think it's about reframing success with ADHD. It's not that different. It's just that we have more trouble seeing it because we want there to be someone to tell us good job. We need that external motive. Like, I don't know if we don't need, <laughs> it's like, we need, I was like, we need that external validation, except we don't believe it when we get it. So I'm just going to say like, we, we want it, but when we hear it, it's like, no, that's not true. Yeah. That's not right. Don't try to build me up. I know you're just going to try and tear me down later. <laughs> And that is such a hard reframe. And I I like what you said about the finish line, because if there really was a finish line at the end of success, then there really wouldn't be anything left to grow from. Yeah. If say success was a hundred episodes and you stopped there, then does that still, would that still be considered successful or would that be considered just stopping for the sake of stopping because we reached some finish line? I personally don't think so like it'd just be no no there's no finish line really to quote-unquote success so how will you change your definition of success will that's be interesting to hear what you say now versus another hundred episodes from now yeah so in the moment what would i view success as with the reframe as not doing the best I can do because I know I can always do better, but meeting myself where I'm at in terms of like, yeah, 
not looking back with rose colored glasses and being like, I should have put out more episodes because well, Brendan was here living through a global pandemic. Oh yeah. Living through global. a global pandemic, ladies and gentlemen, this is a global trauma event, which makes it easy to, for me to be like, I should have just done more, but yeah, do the reframe of, Hey, I'm doing the best I can every day. And, you know, as like we did our introductions, like I'm going to be doing better today than I was yesterday and going to be doing better tomorrow than I was today. Yep. <laughs> I think that's just, that should be the goal for success. Doing better tomorrow. Yeah, better than yesterday. Not as good as tomorrow. Yeah. Quoted that from, from house actually. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I kind of like that. That uh, And tomorrow might not be better. It might be like a crappy day. Yeah. And then we can still apply that to. Just start you know, over. Then tomorrow is going to be better. And I mean, really, well, when you think about it, you are a hundred episodes ahead of the people who have been thinking about it and haven't started. It's very and you're a hundred episodes in with a hundred episodes, more knowledge than you were at episode one. Yeah. So yeah, I think the the reframe there that, yeah, doing better tomorrow and not being not judgmental of how I did the day before mm-hmm. or even the day of. As Eric says, you know, if beating yourself up worked, that's what he would be teaching. Clearly it doesn't. And it doesn't make us feel good either. Not saying that we're chasing that feel good feeling, but if we can at least avoid or mitigate some of the crappy feelings that already come up at certain points in our lives, that's probably the the more ideal thing to do than to just tell ourselves that we are not doing good, even though we might feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Because it's also okay to not feel good. It's okay to have bad days. Absolutely. Weeks. I agree that. Bad months. You can have a bad month. I mean, we're living through a global pandemic. We're doing it. <laughs> been a bad couple of years and we're still pushing through i would call that a success yeah it's continuing to push through even though it's been so hard yeah just be like hey i have to reframe how this is gonna work i'm just gonna because it's not gonna be the same as what i envisioned and that's okay what would you say is like one thing doing this many episodes like what's your most valuable lesson or your most valuable takeaway from the last hundred episodes one of the things that I wrote about early is doing things that work for your brain and continuously tweaking that idea has been really important for me being like, this is a hard thing to adopt because there's so many things that say, this is the way you're supposed to do things. And yet why, you know, the shoulds and supposed tos and, you know, what ifs, No, what, what actually works for me? Not what is the way that, especially what is the way, not that a neurotypical would do it. No, what is the way that I would do it that would work best for me? Taking the, the ingredients of everything that you've seen and making your own recipe. And when you don't like the recipe, you change up the ingredients to make a new recipe. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'd recommend you also go check out MJ's podcast, ADHD Diversified. 
MJ does a great job exploring the ways that race and diversity can affect our ADHD and how those factors can often get overlooked. I think it's a great look into ADHD and definitely recommend checking it out. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash successwithmj. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDRewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. What do you call gossip about kings and queens? Royal tea. Royal tea.